Eternal Dirtles is a Hipsters of the Coast podcast sponsored by Paragon City Games and Cast Haven. You can find us on Patreon at patreon.com slash eternal dirtles. Welcome to Eternal Dirtles. I'm your host, Zach Clark, and with me as always is Nathan Gully. And Nate, how's it going, man? Pretty good. How about yourself? Uh, going pretty good. Actually, we have another guest on uh, this week as well. Uh, Sam Rookus is here uh, with us as well, so uh, say hi to the folks, Sam. Hey there. How's everyone doing? Pretty good. Sam, yeah, so... Uh... Sam, you're coming off a, a, a pretty uh, pretty hot weekend uh, uh, for Legacy. <laughs> um, yeah. Started pretty hot. Yeah. Um, ended a little cooler, but still happy with my finish. Yeah. Uh, Sam was one of the few nine and O's from uh, Grand Prix Vegas. Sam, why don't you tell everybody a little bit more about yourself, though? Um. So I am a 29 year old casual player uh, from New York. I mostly just play Legacy. Um. I have been playing Legacy since. Well, I've been playing Magic since I was, uh, you know, a kid in summer camp. Um, Legacy, more specifically, when I got back into Magic uh, around my college years, and uh, been kind of on and off ever since. Cool. And Sam, uh, why don't you tell us, I, I know you had a couple pretty good finishes over the course of the past couple of years in Legacy. Uh, why don't you tell everyone about those and what deck you were playing? Um, yeah, most of them were courtesy of the now-defunct uh, Miracles with Sensei's Divine on top. Um, I had a first place finish at SCG Syracuse in 2014, and then a first place finish um, at Eternal Extravaganza 5 in 2016. Um, 2015 was a bit of an off year for me, uh, but I have a couple, you know, other top eights at various dual end tournaments, stuff like that. Pretty cool. Awesome. Very impressive. So, so uh, you went 9 0 on day one, so maybe we've sort of spoiled it already. Why don't you tell everyone about <laughs> the uh, deck you chose to play for this, uh, for Grand Prix Vegas? Um, so I, I feel like I kind of got conned into playing uh, Topless Miracles, the uh, predict portent miracles um, like miniature deck that kind of emerged after the banning. Um, you know, we only had about, uh, it was like six or eight weeks between the ban and um, Vegas. So uh, after, you know, kind of testing and not doing so hot with basically everything else in the format, I just defaulted to the deck that I knew the most about, which was um, Miracles. It seemed uh, like a real enough quantity that it was worth running in a GP, and, uh, and the rest is history, I guess. Yeah. I mean, you did, you, you know, you you you're sort of played yourself down in the beginning, but, I mean, 9-0 is, is nothing to scoff at, especially on day one. You were one of, what, six, eight people that 9-0'd the first day? Yeah, there were a few of us. Um, and actually, two of them were on Miracles, so uh, pretty impressive all all things considered. Um, I, you know, I, I think the deck is probably better than I gave it credit for. Um, it has a lot of good matchups in the field, especially against the fair kind of, um, you know, creature and Delver decks. So 9-0 is definitely above expectation. I've never done better than 7-2. and um, So I was really happy about that. But, uh, but yeah, I think it's actually a, a bit better position than I gave it credit for at first. 
I don't want to put you on the spot to go through your whole <laughs> tournament, but did you play against mostly like fair Delver decks coming up on the first day? Um, yes and no. I have uh, a great matchup. Uh, the new, you know, eight mana dork um, Stoneforge deck. Um, yeah. So that was kind of a nice lead in after my buys. And then I played against a bunch of non-blue decks, um, all of which are basically always going to be good matchups for something that, you know, a deck that leans on Jason the Mind Sculptor. And then about round six or seven, I started playing against a bunch of slower blue decks. Uh, Pierre Dajon on Grixis Pyromancer, uh, Joe Lissette on Grixis something else, and uh, a guy who I, I had not heard of on um, on check pile. So uh, generally speaking, I think Miracles really excels against uh, other slow blue decks, um, just because Predict is so powerful, and against non-blue decks because Jace the Mind Sculptor is so powerful. Um, I thankfully avoided fast combo with the exception of one round against Black Red Reanimator. Yeah, I, I felt I, I drew the first round of the tournament against Nick Fit, and then I can, can, uh, proceeded to play against all other sort of grinding <laughs> mid-range decks the entirety of day one. Yep. I felt like oh, people had these sort of binary tournaments where they either played like all grindy decks or a lot of yeah, there was a decent amount of combo decks or like fast chalice decks, which uh, uh, were out there as well. Um, so you you felt that the deck is pretty solid against against most fair decks. Uh, what did you did you think there was was there anything you were particularly concerned about coming in any sort of deck or, well, or sort of archetype? Yeah, I mean I think uh, Storm is more or less unwinnable um, against a competent pilot. So uh, I originally had a lot more hate in the board for it. Um, just kind of gave it up, feeling like uh, it would have a target on its head anyway, um, and hoping to, to hoping to dodge it. Now I then, mean. We're yep. gonna we're gonna obviously uh, ask you for your list and 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 post it so people can see it. But are you running uh, like I've seen a lot of lists with like main deck flusterstorm like as a two of or anything like that. Were you running any sort of main deck hate for for uh, combo or were you just going going like I'll lose those matches if I play them and and focus on the other matches? Yeah, actually, at the last second, about ten minutes before the submission deadline, I um, I swapped my third mentor for a main deck flusterstorm. So I had one in the main and then two more in the board. Okay. Um, so yeah, not not totally giving it up, um, but definitely not something that I expected to win. Uh, you know, if I played against it, um, I th I just think that you know the deck also struggles against um, other faster decks. Like even Grixis Delver can be hard. Um, so. I didn't want to give up too much ground in matchups that I felt like were more winnable rather than uh, than you know overboard for storm and potentially not even play against it. That makes sense. I mean, I've played the, uh, against the deck a lot online, uh, and I play infect online uh, pretty much specifically. And I tend to win when I'm when I'm uh, I have a fast hand. Um, mm -hmm. But uh, you know, I've seen the fl flusterstorms really got given them like a point or two. You know, like they can. They can pull back into the game with a well-timed flusterstorm. Yeah, you know, it's it's surprisingly a better main deck card than I think most people give it credit for. I mean, it's obviously um, okay against storm. It's okay against uh, most combo decks, just um, as a force of will that only costs one card. But um, it, it, generally speaking, helps kind of control the stack for less than two mana um, and less than two cards, which um, is not something you really get out of miracles. So. Um, you know, especially when fighting against something like Delver, which has mostly instants and sorceries um, outside of their threats, uh, it's it's really a perfect kind of counter there. How did you feel this deck performed as a Monastery Mentor deck compared to the Monastery Mentor builds of Miracles, which I 
I believe you were never like a huge fan of the Monastery Mentor Sense of Divining Top Miracles, but um, yeah. you played it in your in your deck this weekend. Yeah, I mean, um, back when we had access to Top, I liked to play and treat the Angels just because um, it was resistant to removal, and then um, you could side into Monastery Mentor post board. Um, I think in this iteration, you need uh, Mentors in the main just as um, a free win card. It's a lot more powerful than Entreat the Angels, kind of in the abstract. Um, it, it's fine. I mean, Mentor is still really fragile. You still have to protect it with a uh, boatload of cards, with, um, you know, just overwhelming them with other things. But uh, Mentor is totally instrumental in um, a lot of your free wins and a lot of your faster wins. Um, so it's it's not something I could see the deck cutting going forward. As far as being a, a dedicated Mentor deck, eh, it's okay. Uh, I, I only round two. Um, I tended not to cast it until I was sure I could protect it. So I would say it's probably not the best show for Mentor by itself, but the deck definitely wants Mentor as um, as a threat. Yeah, that's something that we were talking about in the weeks coming up to the Grand Prix. Is is um, will will uh, Miracles players settle on a an actual list, or will it be this kind of like fight between what your win conditions have to be? And it seems like yeah, a lot of them are are going towards Mentor at this point as as the right call. Yeah, I mean, I think uh, between Entreat the Angels, well, between just Terminus is by far your best miracle card, um, and it's already hard to enable four of them. Uh, so adding in um, Entreat the Angels just uh, just makes it so much more difficult. Um, it's not really something you can do consistently, and especially with the kind of decks that you know are going to show up in the later rounds of the Grand Prix, a lot of Delver, obviously, um, probably a lot of combo, uh, a lot of basically leaner decks. Uh, you're you're just really not. Uh, that's not where you want to be. We're having a bunch of clog, uh, miracles clogging your hand. Yeah. Yeah, I played against the, uh, this deck twice in side events, um, and I won the first match where the player never put a mentor down. That was actually before the tournament started. It was one of mm -hmm. the uh, Wednesday or Wednesday afternoon grinders. Mm -hmm. um, uh, but he won. The game he won, he got a Gideon Ally of Zendikar down. It was able to go around <laughs> me pretty nicely with that. Um, and then on... And another, uh, in a side event uh, after the Legacy main event, I played against it again, and Mentor was just was just crushing. Like you know, you felt I felt like I could sort of keep up. Um, I was playing Aggro Loam, so I had like Chalice and Gaddictique, and I kind of felt like I could I could deal with it. But I think I, he just was running spells into my Chalice, and I had no pressure <laughs> just to make monks that were uh, that were then attacking for quite a lot. As long as they were able to resolve a couple predicts. To just refill the hand, um, it was pretty. It was pretty crushing. So yeah, I, I felt that mentor, mentor. I wasn't expecting it out of that deck as much because I hadn't seen it in action like that. But it, it seemed pretty strong, and that's that's what I was thinking. You know, compared to how miracles used to use mentors to finish and uh, before, but then went away from it a little bit right before top was banned. Um, but this seems like a little bit more of a wants that fast sort of closeout of the game without having to worry about the top of your deck. Yeah, I mean, I think just the way the the deck kind of functions now, it's it's by far a different deck, um, but you're just really a lot more reliant on um, resolving predicts and uh, not, you know, always having um, the ability to manipulate the top of your deck. Uh, you know, you can't just dump spare colorless mana into pondering end of turn. Um, so it's it's just one of those things where you really need to to lean on the power of um, Jace and. Um, and Monastery Mentor a little bit more heavily. It seems like it almost has this sort of uh, same 
metric as as Jund has, where you're now a card advantage deck. You're just trying to eke out your your uh, your advantage over an attrition game almost, uh, and yep. stay in the game for as long as you can. You know, predict obviously being being uh, a card that does that, uh, especially if it's combined with unexpectedly absent. You know, that's three. That's basically three cards at that point. So that's uh, just I I feel like it's becoming more of a attrition deck than less of a less of a combo deck. Or yeah, you know, control sure. deck even. Um, I was going to ask you about Portent. How often do you use that on yourself versus how often do you use <laughs> it on your opponent? Uh, well, Portent's kind of a funny card because it's um, really the only cantrip you still want to see when you're winning, um, since it's really nice for locking up the game. Uh, I would say you know Portent is probably the best cantrip to cast early, just because of the delayed trigger. You know, if you're looking for lands, uh, you really want to do it with your your first turn. Um, as opposed to, for example, if you have Portent and Ponder and only one land, um, and you miss on the Ponder, then you're guaranteed to miss on your land drop. Um, it, it's fine. You know, it's, again, better than I expected it to be. Uh, pretty good when you're ahead, just as a, a card to lock up the game um, to make sure they don't hit and out. Um, but, you know, as far as would I rather have Sensei's top back? Yeah, obviously. Um, <laughs> no, no comparison there. And what about the other sort of innovative card that has been appearing in this deck, which Zach mentioned, which was unexpectedly absent? Is that card, is that living up to the hype, or is it just sort of like the best thing that's available? Um, I think that was more a product of the original innovator, Osman Osguni, um, putting it in his deck. You know, he's kind of a wacky deck builder. Um, it, it's one of those things that it it's not bad enough to immediately get the cut, but um, it's not good enough that I think it'll stay in list for long. I'm already looking to cut it for, um, you know, other more useful things. And I think, um, it, eventually it'll kind of disappear from lists. You know, it's, it's comparable to, uh, council's judgment, possibly better when you have four predicts in your deck, but, um, you know, something like engineer explosives to kill the loaded ground threats, um, is probably going to be a lot better than, um, the occasional, you know, flip your Gurmag Angler and predict it off the top kind of apply. Oh, I had a Merit Lage go missing on me, so uh, <laughs> it was that was a pretty big blowout because I lost two lands as well. But, yeah, interesting card. Yeah. I was trying to play around it, but I was dead otherwise, so it didn't matter. <laughs> it's definitely something. Um, it's it's an interesting card. You know, it's I think probably didn't get very much play when Counterbalance and Top were in the deck just because they took up so much room and... Uh, you just had obviously better things to be doing, um, but now that there's some space, um, I think there's probably some room to to explore with things like unexpectedly absent. Um, that being said, I, I think it still depends on whether you can count on you know not having to deal with Chalice in most tournaments. Um, Chalice is something that kind of has really come back into prominence, maybe just because of you know Eldrazi and Agrolom. Um, it kind of disappeared for a little while and. Uh, now that it's back, I think, you know, as of what a year ago or so, I think you know people are going to have to start respecting it uh, on a long-term basis. Well, I'm sitting on a closing question, so I want to let Zach if you have anything else you wanted to ask. Well, one of the uh, things I, I I wanted to ask is obviously you know we were we were expecting you to to uh, hit top eight. In fact, most of the day we were you were you went to what eleven and and zero at one point. Yep, 11 yeah, you were eleven and zero. Um, and obviously, you know, you didn't make top eight. What did you lose to? Um, I took a loss to Infect. Um, Zach 
Coke um, was the player who the last player to go undefeated. Um, and then I lost to um, the guy, the Grixis Delver guy who made top eight okay. um, for my first win and in. And then I lost to the Bug Leobold guy who uh, for my second win and in, which was on camera. And that was, uh, I, I would guess that uh, uh, either Chris Aiel or yes. uh, Chris, yes, yep. and then Chris uh, uh, Jacob Haversat would be the other guy? Yep. Yep. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I think Chris absolutely destroyed me. He kind of uh, did exactly what I was most afraid of out of um, Grixis Delver, which is, you know, have a couple stifles to buy him some time, yep. um, force of wills to stop, you know, my last ditch effort, um, and then pressure. I think Grixis Delver does a really good job of getting under um, miracles sometimes, and, you know, true name nemesis, especially now that, you know, we're cutting terminuses and um, you're not able to, you know, flip it as consistently. Um, that kind of strategy is a lot more reliable um, out of the Grixis Delver decks. Um, Looks like he had so a Sulfuric Vortex in his board as well, which is also very good against Miracles. <laughs> yes, yes, that is for sure. Um, we never got that far in the game, but um, yeah, I think neither of those games were close. Um, and then obviously, you know, my camera matches weren't close either. Um, that was a little bit disappointing just because I, I feel like uh, that is a pretty great matchup. And uh, actually during the, the period in between games, you know, we were, were talking about that. Um, but kind of looking back on it, I feel like there's, you know, a possibility I was tired and nervous and, um, you know, I was down to six both games with a Terminus in my six. So, um, I, you know, things just didn't really break my way. Yeah. Hey, we're, you're not going to get any argument from us. I mean, I've never made it to round 15 of a Grand Prix, never the, especially not at 12 and 2. I, I've so. made it to round 15, but not at 12, at 12 and 2, that's for sure. Right. <laughs> sure. Well, Zach sort of stole what I was going to close with, but it was a good way to start the argument. I was just thinking about, like, well, what do you think might be good against this deck? Because I remember, you know, against the uh, previous Miracles deck, it was always thinking about, you know, making sure you have a Rock Decay, making sure you can try and resolve some Planeswalkers. Um, if you're the kind of deck that's trying to go long, the other option is to try and win fast. I always felt that Miracles was so dominant in the long game, um, you know, before that if your deck was trying to win after turn three or four, you really had to uh, consider your your miracles matchup, um, and this deck seems to have that sort of same power against the fair decks, but it's a different axis. So I was wondering if there was anything that you thought um, people hadn't thought of yet um, in terms of trying to fight this deck. Yeah, I mean, I think um, a lot of your weaknesses uh, from the old miracles deck are just magnified. So um, really fast combo decks, obviously like ad nauseum tendrils. In fact, stuff like that. Is always going to be a hard matchup. Um, even just you know disrupting the predict engine um, is really bad for miracles. So a deck like you know Grixis Delver, where they can therapy you once or twice, or um, maybe stifle a fetch and get a, a quick pyromancer is going to be pretty damaging. Um, I, I think a lot of the staple threats of the format, like True Name Nemesis, are already going to be pretty good against the miracles deck. Um, I, it's not. It's not anything special. It's definitely not um, as good as it used to be, but it's maybe just a, a real thing, which I think people who I played against on especially day one of the GP uh, didn't think it was. You know, you can't be bringing um, your Tarmogoyfs and your Night of the Reliquaries to 
um, legacy. I don't think you can be doing that. Anyway. Whoa, whoa, whoa. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, um, no, I agree. I, Newsflash. I, 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 I played Bug mid-range. I did have two Tarmogoyfs, but whatever. Um, I played Bug, and I was actually very close to playing Spell Snare as I was thinking about this deck, like hitting Predict and Snapcaster Mage and potentially unexpectedly absent. Um, and I had taken Spell Snare sort of out of my rotation because I wasn't so worried about Counterbalance, but I thought that was a good card to consider if this deck you know, really takes off. And then uh, today I was thinking about Pyrostatic Pillar, which is probably not going to be fun to face. <laughs> Yeah, that um, that definitely would put a wrench in it. You know, even just like non-creature um, permanents are really tough to deal with. Yeah. Chalice avoids still pain in the ass. Um, you know, choke planeswalkers, uh, all the stuff that was good against miracles before, um, plus the real hate like winter orb um, is going to be really good against this one. You know, that's yeah. that's the funny thing is, uh, uh, you know, uh, one of the strengths that this deck currently has is that uh, you don't see it one out of every three rounds uh, in a legacy yep. tournament anymore. Um, yeah. So I've taken a lot of my hate. I used to have s between six and four cards guaranteed for miracles in every tournament in my board. Uh, that was some number of, of winter orbs, so, uh, some number of uh, what's called uh, uh, sulfuric vortexes, uh, and and anything else I could throw in that was slightly better against the deck. Uh, I, I would just put in. Now that's not so much the case, so you're going to get games also just by your opponent just completely not being prepared for this to be a, such a large part of the meta. Yeah, for sure. I think that's, you know, by far the biggest thing. Um, if this iteration of Miracles faces anywhere near the amount of hate the old one did, um, it's just going to fall apart. And um, I, I think that, you know, it's, it's just another fine deck. But it's no longer, you know, maybe the number one consideration for when you go to to build your deck. Leovold, actually, I was considering. I, I I decided to play a Leovold deck specifically because of this deck. But did you face it at all? Did you find it to be hard to beat? Um, um, I was just thinking with the amount of like plow snap plows and the amount of card draw that Leovold would be a good card to slam. Yeah, I mean Leovold, the card Leovold is very good against. Um, Miracles, especially this version with um, predicts and stuff like that, but I I don't think the strategies that want to play and can play Leovold tend to be that uh, good against Miracles. You know, I, like I mentioned, my round 15 win and check pile is really not that well set up to beat um, predicts and Snapcaster Mages. It's it's basically just a, a worse Snapcaster Mage deck and a worse Jace deck, um, mm -hmm. which is not where you want to be in the Jace Mirror. Um, I think, you know, Nick Fit has classically just hated seeing miracles across the table i don't think that changes much um you know the the decks that can support leovold uh like i said probably don't want to be seeing miracles but um if there's a deck that maybe goes a little bit smaller uh or a lot bigger then uh you know can actually keep up with jason predict and snapcaster mage then uh leovold is, is definitely a tool you want to be considering great cool well thanks so sam. much sam all right. Yeah, you've been a great sport. Thanks so much for coming on. We really appreciate it. <laughs> All right. Thanks, guys. Have awesome. Bye. Later on. So, Nate, you went to the Grand Prix as well. What did you end up playing? So, I decided to play a bug, sort of controlly mid range deck. Um, you know, we just had Sam on, and I was really wondering how much this Miracles deck was going to take off. And that ultimately I decided that I wanted to play Bug and not Grixis so I would have access to Leovold. Um, 
and because I thought that might be a good card against the Miracles deck if it really showed up a lot. Mm-hmm. Um, I also I played, uh, and I'll get the list up there, but I played. Uh, oh, the other thing I did is, which I mentioned on the cast before, is I played four Deathrite Chomping and three True Name Nemesis. I just felt like that was the best thing to be doing. Um, if you're a fair deck, just like make them have an answer for True Name uh, as much as possible. Then I pl- then I played two Tarmogoyce and two Leovolt with a Green Sun Zenith. Uh, and my idea there was that um, I didn't really want more of either of those creatures. Um, and also Zenith is like a fifth Deathrite Shaman in a way. Yeah. So you get that like, Deathrite harder than all the other uh, black, blue, green, X, whatever decks, right? Um, so the rest of it would be pretty standard. A split on Fatal Push and Abrupt Decay with Brainstorm, Ponder, Force of Will, a couple Thoughtseize, a couple other pieces of counter magic. Um, the spice besides the green sun zenith was that I played one unearth, uh, along with two snapcasters. Um, and I just, uh, I, I was debating whether or not I was going to put unearth in the main deck or the sideboard. Um, because I was like, I kind of want this if the game gets grindy and long more than I do in like a random match. Mm-hmm. But the thing that actually changed my mind was I played collective brutality main. I played two of them main. Um, and I just felt like that that card is so good at like gluing together these decks and like helping you, you know, fill your slots up a little better or a little more efficiently. Like when I was looking at the Grixis deck that I had laid out, I was like, do I want Bolt? Do I want Fatal Push? Do I want Thoughtseize? Do I want him to Torak? You know. And that's a good card that kind of does all of those things. Yeah, yeah, it kind of does enough of that stuff to be worthwhile. I was a little concerned about not having a ton of one mana cost removal. But uh, with a couple thought seizes and my own death rights, I wasn't that worried about a turn one death right from across the table. Yeah, um, I felt that I could, uh, you know, would have enough to do on turn one with that and ponder and Jace and stuff. Uh, the sideboard was pretty standard: uh, surgical extraction, fluster storm for the fast combo decks, and then I really tilted towards a lot of minus one minus one type effects or or board sweepers because I saw a lot of elves and a lot of death and taxes when I got there. And Trinity Nemesis um, is a card, of course. And Trinity Nemesis. Actually, that was one of the reasons I wanted to play Tarmogoyf and Leovold as well, was that people are going to... I mean, I, f- I think True Name is good, if people, especially if people don't have the answer. But if they do, you don't want to also be hanging out with a bunch of young Pyromancer tokens and Baleful Strixes. <laughs> yeah. You know, you want something that's going to live through a, uh, a Golgari Charm or a Toxic Deluge. And uh, Leovold being a 3-3 is, is just, like, massive compared to, like, all these other cards. And also, Tarmogoyf can get pretty big so yep. um so i played a marsh casualties engineered explosives a maelstrom pulse a toxic deluge all in my sideboard i even also had a golgari charm i can't remember but uh but yeah i was just i was just pretty sure i was gonna see a lot of that kind of stuff um so i'm gonna i'll go through very quickly through the tournament um I, round one was against a deck well i wasn't quite sure what he was doing he was wearing a suit when he sat down <laughs> and you know he's up to no good well, he was a nice guy, so I don't want to say it like that. But he was like, he was like wearing a suit, and he was, uh, you know, we were just chatting about. You know, he's like, I'm a lawyer, I live in Texas, and then he shuffled his deck, uh, drew seven, and said, "Oops, all business, no mana." And I kept a hand. I think I was on the play. I think I had, you know, pretty much what you want, like a ponder and then a collective brutality or something. Like I just had like a nice hand against whatever on the on the play. Mm-hmm. Um, so when he said that, and then, so I played my ponder on turn one, 
uh, just trying to, I might have even needed lands. I might have had like five uh, business spells on my own, so I might have just been looking for lands. Um, he so wait, did he mulligan a, or did he like... He mulliganed he, to six. Okay. Yeah, I was like, was he six. on Oops All Spells? He was just like totally metaing you? <laughs> no. Well, it gets better, right? <laughs> yeah. So he plays Beta Bayou into Set Foil, Cabal Therapy, targeting me, naming Force of Will. So I don't have force of will in my, I didn't have force of will. Um, but I was like, okay, well, the way he was talking, how nice his deck is, I think this is Storm. Yeah, I would make that assumption uh, as well. And, it, and it's a it's a wonky opening, like to have to open on the bayou, but he mulliganed, you know. Sure. So I, so I untap and I just immediately just collected brutality. Like, let's just see what's going on here. He reveals another beta duel, a Savannah, actually. Oh, no. Um a couple, a couple fetch lands, a chains of Mephistopheles, and a green sun zenith. His deck is all full of that. It's gorgeous. Super the... rude. <laughs> that deck is not so, a deck <laughs> that we even know. So he was. So I mean, well, I knew he was yeah, playing yeah. Nick Fit. Yeah, of course. <laughs> I got it immediately. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I was like, well, okay. So this is Nick Fit. This is not. Uh, this is not Storm. So I took his zenith or whatever. Uh, pass back. He plays his chains of Mephistopheles. I draw Tarmogoyf and. Eventually, I uh, like decay the chains of Mephistopheles. He draws another and plays it. His deck is all beta and foil. Like his opening hand was worth more than my deck. Like <laughs> crazy. Um, so he uh, didn't really get going in game one. In game two, we had we really hit a stalemate where we both had Leovolds. Uh, he had a siege rhino as well. Uh, he basically only had blue for Leovold. Um, so he just basically had like an island and maybe like one underground sea. Um, I had a Leovold, a Baleful Strix, and a Gta. so every turn I was, like, attacking with the Gta, uh, the Strix and the Gta to put counters on it, then moving over to Leovold to block the Siege Rhino. It took me several turns to realize that the Leovolds cancel each other out, and I could have killed the Leovold even with the Gta counters without him drawing three. By the time I figured that out, he drew Dragonlord Jamoka, um, which he was able to cast, but we were well into turns, so he... he <laughs> I just put came. together what you were saying. I was like, what does that mean, Leovolds cancel each other out? He can't draw the he extra cards either, out, yeah. So, yeah. <laughs> um, oh, man. So, uh, Dragonlord Jamoka won the game for him, but by then we were in turns, so that was a draw. That's how I drew the first round. Jeez. So, round two, uh, <laughs> I played against another gentleman after my own heart. He was playing... Uh, Dega, or as we call it now, Mardu Stoneblade. The insane clown posse. Yeah, so he, uh, I mean, I don't remember who won. I do remember I won the first game. Like, as much as I love those kind of decks, like, it's, it is hard to keep up with um, the blue decks uh, being able to select so many cards so much easier and also have cards like Trudy Nemesis and Leovold. So I won the first game pretty easily. Game two went on forever. So he had, well, I have Snapcaster Mage and Unearth, right? Mm -hmm. He has Goblin Dark Dwellers and Coligon's Command. So, you know, the game's going on forever, and it's just like, I make a thing. Okay, I make a thing. All right, I'm going to kill your thing. All right, I'm going to recycle my thing and make another thing to kill your thing. Like, what an actual sequence that happened was that I had Maelstrom pulsed a Goblin Dark Dwellers. <laughs> like, my only out to that card. Um, he, Coligon's commands, oh, he had two Batter Skulls. So, he Coligon's commands my Pithy Needle on Batter Skull and my Snapcaster Mage, which is all I had going. 
then he bounces and replays a batter skull to get a token, so he's tapped out. Mm-hmm. Can't return his batter skull. I rip unearth. He had just killed my Snapcaster, so I unearthed the Snapcaster. Flashback the Melster Pulse and hit both batter skulls. So now I've got like a Snapcaster Mage, a true name nemesis. I had like a, a nice little board presence at that point that could actually erase that. He untaps and draws Zealous Persecution. <laughs> oh, shit. So he wipes my board. <laughs> I've used my unearth. The upshot was that this game ended in a draw. <laughs> uh, so it was 101. So I did win round two, but the game went on forever. I had eight cards in my deck at the end. Luckily, one of them was Green Sun Zenith, so I wasn't going to deck myself. Because <laughs> I was on, like, maybe we'll go to, to deck size and I'll just be able to cast Green Sun Zenith every turn. Um, so that was super grindy. So now I've gone to turn five of turns in both of the first two rounds. Uh, round three was Elves, and, you know, I overboarded for it uh, before the tournament, as I mentioned. Uh, game one, he still won because that's how it goes. Game two. I had, like, a nice opening. I think I had Deathrite into Leovold, and he was hoping to glimpse on his turn two or three. So he wasn't able to do that. And I was just able to get ahead of him because he wasn't able to get a draw engine going. And then in game three, he mulliganed to five, and I just basically picked off elves one at a time until I landed um, a true name nemesis, which cleaned up. That'll do it. So that went pretty well. Uh, round four, I played against Agrolome. Uh, this is a guy named Grayson. We kept t- we were talking a little bit because I was playing Agrolome in the side game in the side events. So uh, he was playing four color loam, um, and it was just another sort of like grindy matchup where I came out on top because I th- I probably think just because I won the die roll, <laughs> um, and that was just important enough to make it matter. Um, round five, I was not as lucky. I lost a die roll. My opponent was playing Jund. And basically, whoever was on the play won the games. Whoever was able to sort of get the jump on their opponent and get their, you know, stuff set up faster won. Mm-hmm. Uh, so let's see. At this point, I'm three one and one, and I played against Maverick. So uh, you can kind of see where this is going. So I played against Maverick, and in both games, he killed me with Merit Lage. Um, the first game, he had Sylvan Safekeeper to protect it. Um, and I made a misplay where I thought I forgot that Sylvan Safekeeper, you know, could protect it, which is sort of embarrassing for me to say, but I did. Um, and I was going to, like, hold off on a turn, make him make the Merit Lage, and then bounce it with Jace. Uh, but then I realized I actually couldn't do that, so I died. Yep. And then in game two, he just had, like, you know, Dork into Wasteland, Mom, into Knight, into You're Dead. <laughs> like, it was, just, it was just pretty fast. So... Um, good on him. Like I'm, I was happy, you know, I'm happy to see that deck do well anytime it does well. And he really got me good. Like I just did not play optimally. I feel like uh, so far you've been just playing the ghost of Christmas Nate's past. I know, right? I I really (laughs) am. I'm going through like, other than elves. Yeah. I'm going through like every deck I've played in the past. Um, so, uh, three, two and one, I played against blue, red Delver. In the next round. All right, there we um, go. There's a real deck. Yes, there's, there's a deck that I <laughs> that uh, yeah, I the deck is interesting. Like it's it's sometimes you you wonder. I mean, this deck went to the finals. Not this particular person, but um, the deck went to the finals, and you're like, how does this deck ever lose? And then sometimes you're like, yeah, this deck, my deck's just a lot bigger, and you know, I have a little bit of life gain, and I took like twelve off price of progress in one game and one like. They just ran out of gas, uh, and uh, I was able to win the round. Um, 
So I uh, was still alive at three, two, or four, two, and one going into round eight, uh, which was Shardless Bug, and he just basically outbugged me. Like, game three was really frustrating because I drew three lands in a row. Like, we had, it was like scorched earth. Like, we had just gone after each other, nuked everything that the other person had played. Like, it was basically like I had a five, six Tarmogoyf and a Jite. He had a creeping tar pit and a Jite. <laughs> like, um, but I just, like, I mean, he was able to, you know, I think he uh, decayed my Jite. Like, he drew decay uh, in time to, like, close the game out, and I drew three lands in a row uh, on the critical turns. So that was the end of my tournament. I was a little disappointed in myself for being kind of salty. I, I tried, after right after the game was over, I, I, I immediately, like, apologized to my opponent. I mean, I don't think I came off that poorly, but I didn't want to because, like, I was just frustrated. I, the first land I drew was a fetch land. I didn't fetch because my life total was at a premium at that point <laughs> with a creeping tar pit and a GTA, right? Yeah. Um, so I didn't want to fetch. And then the next two cards were both other lands when, like, an Abrupt Decay or a Fatal Push or a Snapcaster Mage or almost anything would have been good there. Um, and I just didn't get it. So whatever. I, I, I really liked the deck, to be honest. I thought that basically Green Sun, Zenith, and Unearth really did what I wanted them to do. Which was just you know make you know make the deck sort of easy better at grinding, um, get the idea of whether you want to select like getting a Tarmogoyf down fast or finding another Deathrite Shaman or getting a Leovold with Green Sun Zenith, and then Unearth is just a stupid card. Like <laughs> you just every every time you play it, it's a blowout <laughs> for your opponent. Yeah. So, um, so it was really good. The collective brutality was excellent. Like it, it basically the deck did what I wanted it to do, and I just sort of made a couple of mistakes, and that's the difference. Like you know, I could have killed the guys Leovold and gone on to win a lot faster in the first round, and then in the uh, Maverick matchup, I could have wastelanded his Dark Depths uh, or his Thespian Stage um, earlier uh, and not allowed him to make Merit Lage. In fact, it was funny in that particular moment. He was he just made it on his turn. And I was like, oh, this is this is great. This is exactly what I wanted him to do because I was going to try and make him do it with Wasteland. Yeah. Uh, then I realized that Sylvan Safekeeper does also protect uh, Merit Lage. So <laughs> then I realized what he had done. I was like, is there any way I can make him sacrifice three lands Jesus. to other stuff? But that did not happen. So, yeah. Anyway, yeah, so a couple a mistakes. And, and then I got straight up beat. Like the Jun player, you know, he just straight up beat me. Like it was a fair match and he won. And same thing with Shardless Bug. Like, you know, Yes, it's who draws better, but you know he played well. We went to three games, and that's how it goes. So, I wasn't I wasn't as disappointed in those as much as I was like you sort of go back and realize the little marginal things that you did. So, of course, um, yeah. but I was happy with the deck. I was I was happy with the tournament. Um, just like being three zero and one at a Grand Prix was nice after being uh, one and three at the last Grand Prix. Yeah, like, I was alive for a lot longer, um, and that was that felt good. I so, I feel like I feel okay about my choices um by not going, but I did get sunburned to all hell on Sunday, so I, I think maybe I should have gone to the Grand Prix and just played Rug Delver. Well, you know, <laughs> you would have gotten sunburned in Vegas. It was unbelievably hot. Yeah. <laughs> I drove in from Utah and like as soon as I got south like south of uh like uh, Cedar City, Utah, which is about halfway it would just feel the heat just like obliterating the outdoors. And if it came in through the windshield, it was horrible. Yeah. I, <laughs> but, yeah. I think the the tweet that, that, uh, that nailed the entire weekend was when Brian David Marshall tweeted, uh, 
outside just feels like I'm constantly walking behind a bus. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> it's like being in an oven, and also you have to like walk across this gig- like the Vegas convention center. It's oh, gigantic yeah, it's big. Lot. Yeah, I I remember but because I, when I went in uh, 2013, uh, I stayed at a at like a hojo that was like walking distance uh, to the convention yeah. center. So I walked a mile every day to the convention center and back. And uh, the first day I showed up in a suit, and that was <laughs> that was not a good idea. Like I immediately like was like I regret this. I'm going to go back home and change. So I went back to the back to the hotel and changed in between rounds. Yeah, I uh, I stayed right across the street and it was miserable. Like a five minute walk. Like every every step was just like death. Um, I did CCM a couple times. You know, I, he was concentrating on actually doing well. Uh, so it was good to see him. Good to see Tim and some other people from home. Uh, Utah had a very nice showing. Uh, actually, the uh, gentleman, uh, Dan Cathro, who made Top 8 with Sneak and Show, lives right here in Provo. So we're going gonna to look to try and get him uh, to uh, come on the cast with us as well at some point. But, uh, yeah, we had a nice – like a lot of Utah people made day two. So it was, uh, it was a nice showing for us locally as well. Yeah, uh, th- it was. It, th- that's the thing is like I think w- one of the things that uh, people like to see from us is when we do reach out to folks from the community and and kind of get a, get their take on what they're playing. Um, and I'd really like to you know Sam. Sam, this was awesome to get Sam on today, uh, and, and it's cool that we were able to get somebody nine and zero the the first day of the tournament. That's with a deck that people weren't really sure was great. You know. Yeah, it was. It was a really interesting. I mean, like. So many people played Miracles, right? And, you know, you had to figure that some of them were going to try this deck. And I and I was trying to decide, like, how mad will I be if I lose to this deck, you know? Yeah. And then, so I showed up. Actually, I was still deciding what deck I was going to play uh, when I was driving down. And I was pretty sure I was going to do something blue. But I have been playing this Loam deck, and I did pretty well with it last time I played it. So I played it in one of the grinders. And my first round was against the Miracles deck. <laughs> And I was immediately like, oh, man, this deck is going to be out and about. Like, I'm already playing against it, you know? Yeah. Um, I talked about that matchup with uh, Sam. Just like, you know, he eventually got Gideon Allies and the card, and that was good. Um, but I did win the match. Uh, and I, so I thought I was okay. Um, so, uh, but yeah, I played against it again in a side event at the after the main event, and I lost just because the mentor was so strong. I, just, I feel like that might be where we start to see that list coalesce a little bit. Um, and then, so you really want to be packing answers to mentor just because it gets out of control. (laughs) Yeah. Um, so, you know, we should also talk about is, uh, if we were to do that top eight today, what it would look like. Cause it's, it's changed a little bit. Yeah. Let's look at the top eight, um, from legacy. Sorry, my computer is now freaking out. So, uh, it looks like we've got at, uh, 11%, uh, almost 12% Grixis Delver. Then we have four color Leovold at six point eight two eight percent, tendrils at five point eight percent, miracles at five point eight percent. We've got elves, reanimator, mm-hmm. Grixis, and four color Deathblade, in uh, a two way tie with Sultai Delver, which is basically just four color Leovold uh, without the Delvers. So. Um, yeah, that's interesting that the, the top eight uh, did shift a little bit. Uh, Four-color Leovold popped uh, forward a, a bit, a lot, actually. That wasn't even on our radar before. Um, yeah, I, th- I just find this deck to be... 
<laughs> it gives me the willies to try and play it. The like check I did. pile, right? That's basically and, what it is. Yeah. Check pile, right? Check pile. Yeah. Yeah. This particular, the seventh place list from Las Vegas has Tassigar the Golden Fang in it, which is just like, how did you not hit a Caracas? I, I played against like four Caracases. Um, <laughs> yeah, that's. But uh, yeah, I mean, I think we're we're really seeing this sort of Grixis shell mm-hmm. um, take over a little bit. I think, you know. There's death. You get your death right. You get your other blue cards, and then you play like lightning bolt. Check pile is not nearly as red. It's only got one bolt and two Coldagon's command. But I guess you get the access to pyroblast. Yeah, and pyroblast stops. is a, is an amazing magic card. So I think I think that's one of the things is like in a format where blue cards are so prevalent, can you afford to not splash red for pyroblast? I think that's that's really what this deck is asking. Because otherwise, it would be a blue a blue black deck. Yeah, it's basically blue-black with a double splash, right? Um, yeah, that was actually one of the considerations that I had to make when I was deciding between Grixis and Bug. was like, how bad do I want Pyroblast? I mean, it turned out that like without Miracles, the draw bracket is just all mid-range decks, so it wasn't that big a deal to not have Pyroblast. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, I mean, I would I play against three straight non-blue decks, yeah, four straight non-blue decks. so crazy. Oh yeah, I didn't play against the card Brainstorm until I played against Blue-Red Delver. Because wow. he didn't have it in his uh, in his Nick Fit deck with the very light blue splash. Then I played Mardu Elves, uh, Agrolome John. <laughs> so Nate, yeah, could play you imagine like... how upset I would have been had I played in this tournament and gotten your matchups with Rug Delver? I, yeah, I mean you wouldn't have. <laughs> I would have been so. I just seriously, I probably would have just been like, you know what? I'm just going to sell this deck. I'm terrible at this game. I obviously can't get good matchups. <laughs> yeah, I, you wouldn't have drawn the first round. So. That's for sure. I wouldn't have. <laughs> he did have chains of Mephistopheles, Leovold, and Dragonlord Jamoka. No, I mean, like, the only thing I'm getting around that is like if one of my three spell pierces countered his first chains. Yeah, I mean, yeah, at like for Rug Delver there, like you're just like you got to stifle the veteran explorer trigger, or the game is over. <laughs> like, yeah. Oh my god. Uh, yeah. I mean, that's how you used to play it against me. <laughs> yeah, I mean that is that is what I did. I mean, I I had I I, I definitely won a few what seemed like unwinnable matches against you uh, occasionally. Uh, but I think you've you've pretty much caught up to me uh, as far as uh, success is concerned with with your decks. So, <laughs> unfortunately, my deck's yeah. been kind of fringe for a while. It just so happens that it top aided uh, this tournament. So uh, it's it's cool to see that like the the rug is still alive. Yeah, I mean, that's why I felt like these binary tournaments that people are having. I think uh, Brian Cook, I read his tournament report on Epic Storm. He just played against a bunch of Dragon Stompy decks on his way to, like, 8-1. and one. <laughs> Like, uh, uh, and other combo decks. Um, whereas, I mean, obviously Sam and I hit a lot of mid-range, like, just a lot of it. So, a Grand Prix, you never know what's going on. Um, the rug player having the two true names I thought was interesting. Yeah, I think um, that's the way to... I mean, that that's sort of the way I've been pushing the deck for a while is you 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 can't just run four Tarmogoyf in this deck anymore because if someone dis- destroys your graveyard like Tarmogoyf is literally a, a, a do nothing um and at least the true names like they hit the board and they're they're there just doing three a turn um even if you can't play you know uh Jite or anything like that which is you know the mongoose is so good I just wish it had hexproof Just dead air for that one, huh? The mongoose being being good enough that I wish it had hexproof apparently killed Nate. So, uh, oh, <laughs> Wait, there you go. You're can back. You hear me in? Am I yeah, back? yeah. 
I was like, I okay. wish that Mongoose had Hectproof, and then you just disappeared. Oh, <laughs> I was like, whoa, right. did I go too far? Uh, there was a, I got a Skype alert here. I probably screwed up the call. Yeah, no worries. Um, um, I'm but, just saying the true name just so hard to answer that, you know, you might as well play it. <laughs> yeah, for sure. I mean, I, I they like... They have no lands, I mean. <laughs> I like this list. The the list that uh, is, is running the 12 creatures. You're getting four Delvers, four Goose, uh, two Goyf, and two True Name. And then it's playing one Lavamancer in the board and one Click in the board. And then uh, it's, it's Flex Slots are two Dismember, uh, a third Spell Pierce, and a Fork Bolt. Um, and, and after that, it's a stock list, man. This is the most stock, uh, you know, rug Delver list you can, you can get. You've got the two ancient grudges, the rough and tumble, one vortex, two extraction, two pyroblasts, uh, invasive surgery and pithing needle in the board and two fluster storms as well. So it's, it's a pretty stock list. It's, it's kind of amazing to see a deck like this just do so well. I wonder, I really would like to talk to Patrick Tierney and see what, what he played against on the day, you know? What did you think about the the final decks there? Death and Taxes versus Blue Red Delver. I mean, it's interesting that you probably watch it on coverage. I, 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 was... I did, but you know what's great is is so this this is I love this list because it's spicy. It's so spicy. He's playing Thunderous Wrath, which is a card I've flirted with but have never put in my deck. Um, and also, I really love Vapor Snag in this deck. Yeah, I mean, if you felt like you were going to play against a lot of Rean, or there's a potential that you're going to get blown up by Reanimator, mm-hmm. which is probably the case, right? Yeah. I mean, there were a decent amount of people in Reanimator. Um, Vapor Snag is great. It's also just stupid against uh, Merit Lage yeah, as well, like, which is another thing. Put that in your hand, kill stuff. you with, uh, you know, my uh, prowess triggers. Yeah. Um, yeah, and and DNT. I mean, there were. I don't understand where this was coming from. I, I felt like I was reading a lot of people saying DNT is is a dying deck or like a, is not favored right now. I was very surprised by that. I could not understand why. Like yeah, the no, deck this, is, this deck's great. It's good. Um, he's yeah. playing a Spirit of the Labyrinth, which I which I think is is an interesting piece of uh, of, of technology for for this tournament um, because it's it's basically a White Leovold for what for what they're trying to do, right? Yeah, I mean, the only thing that shuts off in their deck is Sword of Fire and Ice, and if they're the Monarch, but uh, <laughs> that does, probably doesn't come up in the same matches where you want Spirit of the Labyrinth. Yeah, yeah I mean, uh, I I thought it was... I, I honestly thought the tournament was, was good. Like, uh, it, I saw a lot of cool decks, um, both from, like, a construction standpoint, but also from, like, a, you know, the cards in them were cool. <laughs> like, people had nice-looking cards, nice-looking decks. Um, it was very congenial, People were generally in a good mood and happy to play. Yeah, that's. I mean, that's legacy for you, right? Like everyone's out here to have a good time. Uh, the the hyper competitiveness of of a legacy Grand Prix doesn't really exist. We get that. We get these tournaments so so few and far between. We're just kind of happy to be out. Um, and the yeah. people who are really grinding, really trying hard. Um, you know, the, even those people know like this is you're an ambassador for the format. So you know, everyone's <laughs> kind of on on their best behavior. I feel like. Oh, I met uh, Pat Uglo from uh, Leaving a Legacy. Finally introduced oh, yeah. myself awesome. for a rival cast. Yeah, um, so I saw him there. I think he made day two with his blue red Delver deck, which is funny. Um, yeah, it was a. Uh, I, I mean, the only thing I would kind of say that I was a little sort of surprised slash disappointed in was that the round, the between rounds, was pretty long. Like I think it was longer than Louisville. Um, I'm gonna. You know, give them the benefit of the doubt and just say, like, they were doing a, a lot of stuff between, like, prepping for three Grand Prix, 
plus all the side events that they were running. Yeah. Um, but it was just like a lot of like by like the fourth round, you got really sick of the like, oh, I guess top didn't need to be banned after all jokes. <laughs> like, because I was oh, like, God. yeah, that was funny after round one. Now I'm just like, now I'm just like hungry. Yeah. <laughs> and I just, I like, can I go? I don't want to make jokes. I'm too good at it, but yeah. yeah. Um, I uh, I would I would like to see maybe you know I don't know when the next Legacy Grand Prix is gonna be. There's not one scheduled, uh, obviously uh, this year, but to see if there's actually a noticeable difference in the round time. Now I say that as a person who went to turn five of turns in yeah, both of the first on. two rounds, um, but uh, <laughs> yeah, it was uh, it was uh, a little bit long between the rounds, like getting to that 25 minute range, you know, so. Um, the side events were, were pretty good though. I, I played Aguilar on the side events. I didn't do very well, uh, with it. Um, I had, a, I had like a flawless victory though. Oh um, yeah. I put Vindicate in my deck <laughs> because like I played in the grinder where I just lost to Planeswalkers. Okay. So I put Vindicate in my deck and then like I played against Storm the next round and like I had Chalice on one, Chalice on zero, Gaddic Teague, and then I Vindicated his basic land. <laughs> He's like, yeah, we're not coming back from this. It's not so bad. Yeah, like I'd wastelanded his non-basic earlier, and then I'm just like cutting in for two, like, uh, and then I vindicated his basic swamp. That's just. Rude. I also vindicated the basic island out of that miracles deck. That was fun, but uh, yeah. Anytime um, you can take out a, a basic land, it's it's a pretty good feeling. Yeah, um, yeah. I beat Storm and Charlotte's Bug. Actually, it was another flawless victory, but that was waste lock. That wasn't nearly as vindicate I just wasted them out of the game. Uh, and then I lost to, like, everything else. I lost to Grixis Delver twice. lost to Bug Delver. I lost to Miracles. Um, I think that was it for the Grinders with the Agrolome deck. Oh, I lost to Burn. <laughs> That's Chalice on one, and then he had, like, Rithbolt, Price, Price, Rithbolt, Flame Rift, which is, like, exactly that'll 20. That'll do it. Yeah, that'll, that's I 20 the, points. I died with a Merit Lage and play twice. Like, it's just so miserable. So, yeah. But, um, yeah, tournament was fun. I, I uh, looking forward to sort of a low-key summer, though. Going to play some brews the weeklies and, you know, not try so hard for a while. And then we'll see if I get to do anything in the fall. If there's anything. There's going to be a couple Star Cities. There's Eternal Weekend, so... I ordered most of most of the storm deck, and for a little while, I think I'm gonna b borrow some UCs from somebody. But uh, for a little while, I'll be playing it with uh, uh, um, watery graves just to get a feel for it. Uh, I'm gonna try try something a little different for a while and see see how I feel about about the combo. Well, yeah, I mean, the way I feel about storm is that playing it makes you a better player. I was, you know, I was glad I played it online for a while, though I was terrible at sideboarding. <laughs> So you should read a sideboard guide. I never did. I just was like, yeah, sure, whatever. Lightning bolt. I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> Ancient grudge. Is that a, is that a good card? <laughs> oh, turn one, Badlands lightning bolt go. <laughs> well, the bolt gotcha. is Dahlia or something, right? Yeah. Hey, lightning bolt's like Lennon Hastor. Well, that's cool. <laughs> I think that's awesome. I I was looking to pick up LEDs and said I picked up an unlimited tropical island and uh, some. Uh, like some random other cards I needed. I got rid of some cards as well. So um, a lot of dealers uh, with, with some good, with some good deals. If, if you had them, you know what I really did though? I slept like, you know, I was away from my kids yeah. for a couple of days. <laughs> they weren't bound to get in my room at 6 in the morning. You're like, oh, I, I, <laughs> yeah. did you watch golf, Nate? Did, did you watch golf while you were there? 
Oh, I didn't. That's how my dad used to get his naps in. He would just, like, put on golf and, like, tell us not to change the channel, and then he'd fall asleep, and then, like, we couldn't come into the room and change the channel, and we'd just have to leave the house as kids. Like, no no kid wants to watch golf. I mean, it was so weird. Like, on Friday, on Thursday, you know, it was day one, and I missed day two, and then Tim and I went out a little bit late, and then I came back, and I was like, all right, I'm going to sleep. Well, Friday was my wife's birthday, and uh, I slept till like eleven o'clock Pacific. She was in Central Time, so I was like, and she was like, I couldn't believe you hadn't texted me to say happy birthday until I realized what time it was there. And I was like, yeah, I slept as late as I could, uh, and I went to the gym, and I was like, this is much better than playing Magic. This is probably better for your body. <laughs> yeah, if I play, if I went to the gym slept as often as I gym. played Magic, I would be, I would be pretty buff. Yeah. Right. <laughs> Getting in um, those actual reps. Yeah. So, but no, it was a good time. I, I really wish we'd get more Legacy Grand Prix because they're, they're a good time for everyone in Legacy to get together and, and, you know, get to know people from the circuit from all over the place. So, yeah, it's always, it's always just nice getting out and seeing, seeing one new faces, but two, like, you know, old faces that you don't see as, as often, especially, you know, like I, I was bummed. I couldn't get out to there to see you, you know, like yeah, right. that's, that's this is the pod. This podcast is sort of how we continue our friendship. Is like you moved away <laughs> two years ago, and we still hang out every week. You know, like that's kind of that's kind of neat. When I tell people about that, they're like, "Yeah, that is pretty cool. Like you can just do this and like you we you know." Sometimes I feel like uh, later on I'm telling somebody about something and I'm like, "Oh yeah, I was talking to him over the internet, like you know, <laughs> seven hundred miles away." I sometimes I think that you're in the same room with me when I'm talking to you later on when I'm bringing these things up. I was like, "Yeah, I was talking to Nate about blah blah," and they're like, "When did you see Nate?" I'm like, I, "Every week." <laughs> it's twenty two hundred miles, by the way. Twenty two. Yeah. <laughs> God, it's yeah. so far. I yeah. I put you somewhere in the middle of Ohio. I think. Yeah, seven hundred miles. That's like Columbus. Yeah, no, it's it is great. And I mean, I was hoping I was it was too bad you couldn't come, but you know, uh, we'll get an opportunity to play again. You know, when there's more stuff on the East Coast in the fall, maybe. So yeah, yeah. Let me. I'm trying to finagle one more big tournament trip this year around one of my work trips or something. So I mean, at the very least, but, we'll get you out for my wedding, right? And then we'll just play Legacy at the wedding. That, that is right. Yeah, yeah. That'll that'll <laughs> your wife will love that. Um, All right. Yeah, uh, so, uh, hey, guys, I hope that you guys enjoyed having uh, Sam on. Uh, I really appreciate him coming on. If you liked uh, you know, him coming on, you can always leave us a review on iTunes. Uh, you, can, you can pitch in a, a little bit to the Patreon. Uh, the closer we get to $100, the sooner we'll be doing those episodes for the uh, top eight decks, so one episode apiece for those. Um, and, uh, you, know, uh, you know, you can find us on SoundCloud. Uh, you can find us on... Uh, Patreon at patreon.com slash eternal dirtles. And uh, yeah, if you're listening on iTunes, uh, please uh, drop a uh, drop a review and, uh, and and let iTunes know that we don't suck. We'd appreciate that. Yes, please do. Tell them we don't suck. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Have a good night, man. Have a good one. Stop, stop, animal stuff. Can you see animal stuff? It's never good. Keeping up with the Joneses. Where does he get those wonderful toys?